Craft Beer Radio, episode 156, on February 23rd, 2010. Craft Beer Radio, uh, maybe we should give this gimmick a break for a while. Maybe. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This week we are doing a bunch of loggers, a logger grab bag. Yeah, so let's start off with some of the lighter ones. And we have one here that is a blonde Hellas lager from Rar and Sons. This was sent to us by our listener, Bill. Thank you, Bill. Much appreciated. Bill of Dallas. We're drinking these from tall, slender, thin glassware. Appropriate for lagers. So a Hellas lager is a blondish lager. It's a, you know, yeah, it, it, hel- hel- Hella, Hellas in German... Either means blonde or light. I'm not sure the literal translation. It doesn't mean hella cool. Doesn't mean evil. Doesn't mean hell. It means it means blonde or golden or light. And uh, yeah, this is it's a light locker. Hellas's are in the you know they're they're up there. You know they're not as hoppy as pilsners. They're in the family. You know around Dortmunders and, and things like that. Right. So Dortmunders a little bit spicier. Yeah. Yeah. Get a little more. Uh, character from probably the malts and there's a lot of that uh, sort of vegetably barley aroma right a, a little bit sulfury but that's to style yeah there's i mean it's not bad sulfur there's a little bit in there a little dms or something but yeah it, it has a great clean lager aroma on there um let me get some words here i'm sorry so this is hopped with Magnum and Sterling hops, malted with two-row Munich and Carafoam malts. The taste, uh, the IBUs are 22 and 4.8 alcohol by volume, 4.8% alcohol by volume. Yeah, you definitely get the uh, the spicy hops. Like this, you said Sterling, right? Yeah, Sterling and Magnum. Yep, the Sterling hops, you can you definitely get the spiciness from that. And Munich malts, you get a little bit of that. You can, even though it doesn't look like in Oktoberfest or Vienna, if you smell with your eyes closed, I'm getting a little bit of a good breadiness in there. Okay. It's got a light kind of fruity taste. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of a, of a sweet, almost uh, almost soy taste. Tastes a little like rice with soy sauce a bit. Just I, a little. I, I get the rice comment in there. I'm not really tasting the soy. Is it like a... Getting kind of like a acidity, like is it a little acidic or anything like that on the flavor? It's not really tasting. I'm not tasting like Acetobacter or you know, it's not gone vinegar, it's not it's gone a, funky. But I'm getting this like this zing on my tongue that just tastes a little acidic. It's a weird connection of hops to a Hellas, right? Mm. I mean, a Magnum hop is a pretty high alpha mm. hop for bittering. It, it's not that. I mean, if you use it early for bittering, you're not going to really impart much other than bitterness on it. But yeah, it might be the hop flavor with the carbonation that's making it taste acidic, right? Because carbonation is carbonic acid, and if you've ever smelled a lot of CO2, it burns your nose. And CO2 bubbles, that's kind of what the zing is on your tongue. It's that That's the pH of the CO2 zinging your tongue. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is the hops and the CO2, because this is a fairly uh, lively beer. There's lots of CO2 bursting on your tongue when you drink it. It's a nice, light, clear beer. Um it's a very pale goldish color. Definitely an easy drinker. Mm-hmm. Goes down nice and easy. Um, 
and it's a little sweet on your tongue with um you know, the soy sauce comes the soy thing I was saying comes more in the flavor not the you know it's not salty or anything like that yeah a little bit of yeast in there with that pour but that's okay it's a little bit cloudier now there's not a ton of yeast in the bottom but yeah it doesn't oh it's hard to say because it doesn't there's like no there must have just been a thin layer of yeast or something on the bottom because there's like nothing left it's all on suspension now with the yeast it actually tastes a little more robust and and the the a little bit of of the fruitiness is 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 taken away a little bit of that mm-hmm. that soy oh really it was. The fruitiness is gone because i that first couple of sips the fruitiness was bugging me a little bit i expected a cleaner beer the fruitiness is gone but it tastes a little bit muddier okay. because of the yeast yeah you lost some of the crispness so i would say you, you know, any kind of pear a little bit of pear flavor in there like maybe an Asian pear, you know, a little bit lighter, mm-hmm. um, a little bit sweeter. Like a good ripe, um, you know, how you say that, Danju or whatever. That's kind of what I'm tasting. Interesting. I like it. It's uh, it's a well made. Uh, probably you know be good to to pour this carefully, not to get the yeast mm-hmm. in there. I think it was better without the the yeast in. There was that little fruitiness that it might have been because of age. This isn't. You know, super fresh. Bill sent these a while ago, and we just couldn't fit a blonde lager into a show until recently. Um, but overall, it's still in pretty good shape, and mm-hmm. it's an enjoyable beer. I like that a lot. This was the yeah. Rar and Sons Blonde Lager. They're from Fort Worth, Texas. I don't think we said that. You can also get this one in a can. All right, let's go on to... This is the Coney Island Albino Python. From the Schmaltz Brewing Company, they yeah. they're the brewers of Hebrew. They do a series of Coney Island beers, which are all lagers, so, um, just inspired by the amusement park sideshows, yeah. and you know, brewing back in the heyday, you know, pre-prohibition, shortly after prohibition, stuff like that, where they were brewing, you know, lots of classic lagers and things like that so this i don't know how you would call this one a classic this is an interesting uh, style oh. this is a white lager brewed with spices essentially it's a wit in lager form they say coriander and common <clears throat> wit spices are used yeah, you beat me to it i was gonna say except for this one this one's not a classic <laughs> but if you try like coney island lager that that's a pretty classic example but a lot of these other ones ones named after sideshows are they're definitely a bit freaky right because the next one's going to be, they call it a steel hop lager. That's the sword swallower. So is this made with with wheat in there, or is it just made with wheat, with, with wit style spices? It uses wheat. It has two-row torrified wheat, vireman acidulated malt, flaked oats, and car- caramel pills. It uses warrior zots and summit hops. The spices, it's more than just the... Um, the coriander, it has ginger, crushed fennel, and uh, sweet orange peel. Actually, it doesn't say coriander at all. It just says ginger, crushed fennel, and uh, orange peel. Uh, if you're wondering what torrified wheat is, it's pre-gelatinized. Mm-hmm. So it's cooked before. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you use um, certain cereal grains for brewing beer, like corn's one of them, it, it's not ready to be mashed. The The... The, the starches aren't in the right form. They're locked up in a crystal mate, uh, crystal mate, crystalline matrix or something like that. And you have to cook it and gelatinize it. So like uh, 
I toured Iron City Brewing when they were still here in Pittsburgh. And they had something I'd never seen before. And I've seen many brew houses, right? They had a cereal cooker, which was before the mash tun. And they put all the corn in there and they boiled it and cooked it and made it and gelatinized it. And then they transferred it to the mash tun where the starches could be converted to sugars by the enzymes that are in the six-row malt. I see. So torrefied wheat's kind of the same process where wheat has... Now, I don't know the details on this because you can... You can mash wheat, right? You don't have to use torrefied mm-hmm. wheat. So I'm not necessarily sure the differences. I'd have to look that up. Basically, allows a more rapid hydration uh, and the malt enzymes to more completely attack the starches. That's what they say look, on this website. Look at Greg and his Google Foo. That's right. Good job. It smells wonderful. I'm smelling the ginger. I'm not sure if I'm picking out the fennel, but I think it's going to be a little more prominent when you get closer. Ginger to and fennel's in here? Yeah. Wow. Ginger, fennel, and orange peel, yeah. Sweet orange peel, not bitter. Whippers normally use bitter orange peel. This this made a point of saying sweet orange peel. It's another golden uh, beer. Very it's got clear. a lot of head on it. A yeah, it, pour, it poured with a huge head. It's, it's, it's a crystalline clear beer, and it's one of those ones where you get the little nucleation points just streaming up. It's pretty... smells good. I like that ginger smell. The, the ginger smell is very apparent and really nice once you know that you're smelling ginger. That, oh, yeah. I taste all three parts of the spices and That's the a spicy meatball. I taste it all, too. I, I taste the ginger first, then I got fennel, and then you get the orange in the end. You get that sweet orange oil, like when you're squeezing the orange peel and you get those little bursts of oil that are shooting out and you kind of mm-hmm, smell that. That's what mm-hmm. it tastes like. This is really interesting. So so this is called albino python. And some of you will be saying, that's an innuendo for a man's wiener. Look at look at the um the well, label white artwork. man's wiener. Yes. Look at the uh <laughs> label artwork. So it's this lady and she's about ready to kiss a snake, and the snake is profile and the shape of his head is very reminiscent of uh of the albino python, let's say. <laughs> You're not the most subtle guy, are you? Get up. <laughs> I, I didn't want the nuances to be lost on our listeners. <laughs> they obviously are having fun with the beer labels, as much fun as they can have without getting... It, it's kind of surprising from. that those got approved, but hey, good for them. <laughs> Cheers, can, Jeremy. You can get things past some, some, some of the boards sometimes. Yeah. It's it, it, you know it's amazing that some of the things get through and some don't. I, I already talked about the East End Brewing's coffee porter, right? They they tried to make a coffee porter called Eye Opener. They couldn't get label approval because it indicated that it would have a physical effect on your body and literally open your eyes. It's coffee porter, right? It, it's so the caffeine. Is right. the, yeah. So he couldn't call it Eye Opener. He got rejected several times. So the name he finally got approved was. Literally, just a coffee porter. Just, quote, that, that's quote, the name? Quote, literally, literally, just a coffee porter. Quote. That's the name of the beer. <laughs> that's Scott. Yeah, that is Scott for you. Yeah. Give me some more of this stuff. I want to have some more because it didn't get much. Too much head the first time. That's what she said. It's not what I said. Again, innuendo. Banter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, boy. So let's talk about some news, because we have some. So Miller Coors is suing a company that makes equipment for beer pong, which one of our... like They, they made a logo that... And this might have been the company that I talked with, because I remember a Miller Lite-shaped logo when I looked at that company's thing. They wanted us to promote their beer pong stuff, because it's it's not a abusive alcohol game. It's, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Thumb, yeah. Big, winking okay. Um, yeah, so PB&J Design sells beer pong kits with balls and cups and tables and t-shirts on their website, getbombed.com. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they promote responsible drinking. Whew. And uh, yeah, their logo was infringing on the Miller logo. And also, you know, Miller's I don't know if Miller has any basis, but... Well, they said they've taken steps to promote responsible drinking, yeah. and uh, they take our commitment to responsibility very seriously. Uh, and, you know, I, I respect, you know, even though that may be marketing speak to a certain extent, or at least... Uh, cover your ass Cover speak. your CYA speak. I, I respect that from the company, that, you know, it's not... It doesn't really want to associate themselves with beer pong. You, you know, it, it's fine associating itself with women's breasts, but not beer pong. <sighs> Oh, you mean Miller? But it wasn't that quote coming from uh, the other company. It was coming from Miller Coors. That's the, the loss. It's coming from the lawsuit. So the lawyers. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, PB and J didn't return there. See, I, this guy. So I had a guy to contact me about a beer pong. He wanted us to promote them or something. Yeah, we I, get we get things like this all the time. I can't get past it. Um, beer pong is diametrically opposed to to what we stand everything for. we stand for. I mean, you can have fun while you're drinking beer, but a game that forces you to drink so much beer or water because they play with water. They don't right. play with beer. Beer right. is just on the side. He sure it is. Um, not endorsing ever. Right. You pay first of all, you're wasting your breath throwing ping pongs into it. And second of all, then you're drinking a heck of a lot more beer than you should. But we're, we're fans of responsible drinking. We like to drink too. You know, we enjoy the... What alcohol gives us, but we don't like to overdo it. If if you need an excuse to drink beer, or a reason, or uh, a game that makes you drink beer on command, not not craft beer radio. No. So, all right, that's enough of that one. Send it to beer pong radio. This is really good. I really like the ginger in here. Ginger comes through a lot. It's a very powerful flavor. Mm-hmm. A little goes a long way. You'll notice that if you use it in anything. Uh, I'm tasting the fennel more that my palate's getting used to this beer and certain flavors are getting numbed out. I'm getting more of the the fennel. The fennel's definitely there. And it's not – and it's really a bright fennel taste. It's not like a dark licorice. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's almost like fennel root. Like like you just peeled the green off and you got the white part and you you just ground that up. That's what it tastes like. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, so people who are afraid of licorice, this is not a, a licorice. To, and I'm not a huge fan of the licorice flavor. In d- just the dark, you know, like black licorice twizzler mm-hmm. or something. No, like that's that. anise, right? Mostly? Fennel can have that kind of mm-hmm. flavor to it as well. Yeah, but like... Uh, like fennel seed can really right. bring that flavor yeah, You beat me to it, though, when you said it's, it's very bright and green. I was on the same sentiment. I was going to go there. And yeah, it's just like they grated some fresh, undried fennel and put it into the the beer good stuff yeah that's impressive um you know all the kitsch of now hebrew makes good beers right the smaltz brewing company makes good beers very good beers but you see albino python and you see 
lager with whipped beer spices, you're like, you're going in uh, hesitantly, right? You're being a little trepidatious, you know, with that beer. Well, no, I mean, to me, that's per. I mean, I love beers that that try to do something out of the ordinary. I love I love a great IPA too. It's not like you know, I only like beers that try to do something out of the ordinary. But but if I see something like that, that will pique my interest. And I especially am am really excited about companies that do stuff like this that just. We're going to try some. We're going to go out. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to... I mean, I want to try it, right? But I am trepidatious with the expectations, right? Because you could easily just go gimmick crazy with something like what they're doing here. Well, what they're doing here is more traditional. This is their Coney Island Sword Swallower Steel Hop Lager, an American Pale Lager. So I have two inches of beer... And almost six inches of foam, and I poured the thing almost as gently as I could. Very lively beer. Malto with specialty two-row rye ale, Canada wheat malt, and best malt Vienna. Hopped with Warrior, Northern Brewer, Palisade, Crystal, Fuggle, U.S. Goldie, and Cascade hops. Oh my god. Dry hopped with Cascade, Crystal, and Amarillo. 6.8% alcohol by volume. Eight hops, four malts. You didn't read any of the marketing speak. I read the important part. <laughs> the, me, I'll read the colored letter. No, the colored words. Spectacle, eight hops, thrust, four luscious malt, mouthfeel, brewing performance. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I do like the, the Coney Island kit right here because on the neck label of the beer, it's arouse your liquid curiosities, amaze your oral sensibilities, Indulge your inner beer freak. So it's 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 one of those shouters. What are they called? Um, callers or people in the the at the carnival? Oh, they try to get people to come into right. The booth yeah, yeah, to pay yeah. Extra the shouters or whatever it's called. That's what that is. And then lager lager freaks and beer geeks. And then it gets into the the marketing speak where Greg read the highlighted words. And uh, albino python was this one sword swallower? Is this one another euphemism? Yes. Look, uh, I mean, check out the yeah. la- the label here. <laughs> label is a uh, girl in skippy clothing. It's down to the hilt. Big rocky head. It's just kind of mountaining up there. It shows no signs of subsiding. It smells pretty hoppy. With eight hops, you might expect that. Cascade Crystal and Amarillo were the dry hops used here, so that's going to be your primary aroma component. So you think it would smell pretty IPA-ish, right? I mean, because those are hardcore IPA hops. What were the other ones? Warrior, Northern Brewer. Palisade, Crystal, Fuggle, U.S. Goldie, and Cascade. That's a mix. That's across the board. You got some some bittering hops. You got some continental hops. You got a lot of American hops. You got English in there. (laughs) <laughs> Yikes Come on head Go down That's what she said Hey if we're drinking beers with innuendo We gotta have a little bit in the show right I am I am. I should not be one to comment Cause if there's a dick joke To be found I'll usually go for it <laughs> Okay so I finally Got a sip on this thing Wow that's citrusy And bright Pretty complex, actually. Yeah. There's a there's a cabbagey sort of component there. There's uh, there's a bitterness to it, a, a pretty strong bitterness. Um, 
There's even a little bit of a minty mm-hmm. component. There. There's a lot going on yeah. out there. Yeah, the minty. I mean, there's just so much going on. Wow. It's 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 pretty complex. It's not it's not as smooth as smooth a drinker as the other ones. Uh, like the ginger one really uh, was was mm-hmm. pretty was a really nice drinker because that ginger really came through, and then the fennel and the orange peel, and the Hellas was a really good drinker. This one's more bitter. A, it's it's not it's not challenging. It's bracing though. It's a little bit. I wouldn't go as far as bracing. It's it's just it's it, it's got there, there's a my tongue feels like a pH meter. <laughs> it feels like there's all different flavors, you know, in from one side to the other, or like a spectrograph or something, right? It's just prism it's a prism of different mm-hmm. flavors sure they're all different ones right. just lined up I, yeah i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it challenging I, I would call it something you have to explore right it's not one you can just drink and you gotta to appreciate this beer you need to stop think well why analyze. is that not challenging challenging when it comes to bitter you know i i was I was categorizing challenging, like when we were drinking those double IPAs, and some of those were challenging because they were bracingly bitter. They were ripping the enamel off your teeth. But, they were I digging mean, into your cheeks. When to I me, think that's of, challenging. When I think of it, well, I mean, I can see where you're coming from there. When I think of a challenging beer, I think of a beer that really is not so much a drinker, but it's, it's one that takes a lot of consideration to, to appreciate. And this is one of those. This one takes some... Appreciation, and I, and I don't know whether I fully appreciate it or not. I, I mean, I, I I get what they're trying to do. I don't know whether it works. It still carries the lager character, right? Because it, it, it has that reminiscent flavors of those, you know, imperial pilsners and things like that. Let me put some descriptors to that. I mean, there, there's a little bit of rye in here too. That's that gives you a little bit of a of a twang at the end and uh, in, in the back of your uh, in the back of your tongue. On the label, There's they call Vienna, it some Vienna, so it's a little bit bready. On the label, they call it a steel hop lager, and I wasn't sure what that meant. I, I kind of get it, where it's very smooth and sharp, like cold steel. Right? It, it's not grainy. It's not. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, it just kind of the words after I've tasted it make sense to me. I don't know, falling for marketing. I'm surprised it's not S T E A L because they have a lot of hops in here, so they probably stole some. <laughs> speaking of challenging beers. That was a bad pun. Speaking of challenging beers, check out the news link about Sink the Bismarck. Those 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 punks over at Flying or, um, sorry, not Flying Dog at Brew Dog. What the hell? <laughs> they're at it again. <laughs> I don't think Greg's heard about Sink the Bismarck yet. I never, I never heard about this Schorschbach. Yeah, so um, BrewDog put out the World's Strongest Beer a couple months ago with Tactical Nuclear Penguin, and I believe we talked about it briefly on the show. This is a Imperial Stout that was ice distilled to 32% alcohol by volume, uh-huh. and that was the World's Strongest Beer for a short time period. And then there was a German brewery that put out this Bach at 40%, 40%. ABV. 80 proof. Yes, the the German brewery. From, that's higher than some, than like whiskeys and and. <laughs> right, the Schorschbrau's very limited supply. You like can't get it. Uh, the Tactical Nuclear Penguin was a small release, but you could get it. I know, but I know several people not here in Pittsburgh, but several beer people around that have had a bottle or two. 
The Sink the Bismarck is the the retort from Brewdog for getting one upped by the Schwarzbrow. So they went one percent higher and and made this beer. Uh, again, it's called Sink the Bismarck because that's a German brewery that they're you know competing with, right? They had this beer in the works before the Schwarzbrow was out, so it's not one hundred percent reactive. But the the naming and the marketing, all that is reactive. This is a quadruple IPA. Forty one percent ABV. Jeez. From what I can tell, this thing has the most ridiculous, wonderful, potent hop flavor that you can imagine. You've heard that from people? Yes. Wow. I, I mean, I've heard some some from the from marketing that they've put out you know people talking about it but other i've heard some good things from from others as well it's carbonated i believe at 40 percent, 41 percent, which i didn't think was possible wow i'm not sure what kind of carbonation. maybe they force carbonated i still didn't think it was possible I'd, i you i don't know i mean i just was presumed that you know over 20 something carbonation was not not viable but apparently i'm wrong Another very limited release. Uh, the page that I linked here doesn't have the pricing, but this is an expensive bottle of beer. I think a 12-ounce bottle of, of Sink the Bismarck is like 60 bucks. But I'm sure they got a lot of people trying to taste the world's strongest beer. See, I'm a little beyond. I'm a little, you know. There was a day, a time and a place where I thought I needed to taste the world's strongest beer. But it, it's like rolling the, riding the world's fastest roller coaster, you know. I guess it's fun for a moment, but anyway, you send me one, I'll taste it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, don't go crazy about not wanting them. Come on. Well, here it is: a three hundred and thirty milliliter bottle for forty uh, British pounds. Ooh. So I think it's about sixty-five bucks. Hmm. Okay. So, oh, you're not done yet. I can I can take care of that. Okay. Interesting beer. I don't know if it's. It's probably not going to be a winning beer in my... So I had to talk about the head, you know, how rocky it was early on. I was done with the beer. I had to shake... still head. I had to shake the head out into the dump bucket. <laughs> there was so much head left. Yeah. If you're wondering what the pouring is, we've, we have not dumped any of these beers, but we are washing the glasses out with water before it's we go. in the glasses and, and dumping the head. Yeah. That's what she said. See, at least at least I try to make them, div, you know, try to divvy them up, try to to get a little bit of difference in there. Going with that's what she said all the time just makes you sound like Michael Scott, The Office. Okay, so yeah, this is what I thought you were going to go for. This is the Port Brewing Hot Rocks Lager. It's a Stein beer, which is made with hot rocks. Hot rocks. They put these hot rocks into the uh, kettle. Well, do they put it into the kettle? Put directly yep. into the kettle, and that caramelizes they, a lot of the. They um, heat up rocks on a fire until they're red hot, white hot, whatever. You know, depends on your marketing department on how hot they really are. And uh, I talked with uh, Tommy Arthur when I was at Philly Beer Week last year. So if you go back to the interviews, rewind, you can hear him talking about this. But they they took a keg and they punched a bunch of holes in it, right? So it was a big basket. And they put the hot rocks into the keg basket and drop the keg basket down into the brew kettle. I see. So it, they don't use so traditional Stein beers got a hundred percent of their boil from the white hot rocks. The hot rocks lager, the um, the one from Dogfish. Why am I forgetting what the name of the one from Dogfish? I know what is? you mean, but yeah. 
But anyway, they, they, they add the... They use it as a proportion, but they still add gas or steam to boil, right? They're not doing 100% of the boil right. with the right. hot rods. Well, I mean, that seems like... Because that's a lot of energy. Yeah. And and that's just excessive, especially for an operation that's trying to you know, make money, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, you have to... So they're, they're just trying to get there's some a, flavors. Actually, you know, there's a... At, at the summer picnic for my homebrew club every year, there's a couple guys that make a Stein beer. And apparently there is a lot of thermal energy in those rocks. I'm not saying there's and, not a lot of thermal... And you get a lot of boiling from these granite rocks. But so. you're doing that with a much less mm-hmm. volume of water. So, I mean, heating yeah. those rocks right. to that temperature takes mm-hmm. a lot of energy. And then getting those to boil a whole... Like getting a production line worth of, of right. beers so is it's not, not anywhere near... So, right, when you put the hot rocks in the wort, sugars caramelize on the rocks. And then traditionally, they'll take those rocks out of the brew kettle and they'll put them in the fermenter. So the yeast are fermenting the beer, but they'll also kind of chip away at the sugars on the rocks, those caramelized rocks, and do something with those sugars too. So this is hot with German Magnum and Tettniger. Uh It's got an original gravity of 1.062, 6.2% alcohol by volume. This beer comes out in early spring, so you guys should be looking for it soon. This is actually last year's. And this was sent from Mike from San Diego, our favorite San Diego listener. Thank you, Mike. Love it when you send us this stuff. Mm. Oh, man, that's good. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, Greg just called it a wow beer. <laughs> mm. That is awesome. That is just awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. What am I tasting? Well, first of all, I'm smelling you know, caramel toffee. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like a Heath bar, right? And a little bit of hoppiness. And then the flavor... There's, you know, there's tons of malts. It's it's kind of barley wine esque ish, without a whole lot of alcohol. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only six point two for it's six point two percent instead of being nine or eleven. So it doesn't impair you so much, and it gives you a huge amount of flavor. It's a big mm-hmm. burst of malty caramel flavor. So it has get, some characters that you would get from like a Dunkel, right? We get some of that. Oh, how do I describe them? Because to me, it's like a Dunkel plus a barley wine. You know, the two multi flavors, right? Because right. they're different. Because the barley wine has this very caramelly, very full, very rich malt, where Dunkel has this more crusty, like like bread crust. Yeah, I mean, I think bread mm-hmm. crust, yeah, bread crust really goes well with this, like a, a, a Tuscan mm-hmm. sort of bread. And, and you kind of mix those two malt characters together and you're getting this. Bring them together. Now, I mean, it's, it's a lager, so it, it's. Uh, it's a little bit lighter on, on the tongue and a little bit lighter in the mouthfeel, but that works really well with this. I am digging the hell out of this beer. Tastes a little bit like a porter also, like a lighter porter, There's not something as roasty, to that. like a brown porter. The, I, I like the use of hops here, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they use a Magnum hop and, and Tetnanger, and it works. It, it's just giving just a little bit of, of stuff to kind of to counter the maltiness so it doesn't get mm-hmm. cloying without being, you know, okay, this is an overtly hoppy beer. Well, Tommy knows what he's doing. We've said this before a bunch of times. This is, uh, this is an awesome beer. I really, really like this beer. Yeah, so the Stein beer is typically a German style, but the... Uh the uh, label artwork is all Hawaii. We got a <laughs> volcano blowing up. We got people walking on coals. We got people with, you know, tribal war masks on. It's it's the same time both you know refreshing, eminently drinkable, extremely pleasing on the palate. It's got everything. Oh, here's something I had forgot too. Uh, Tommy worked with uh, 
Tanya Cornett from Bender Brewing. Um, she is a renowned brewer and has won some awards. She, uh, I'm trying to recall the details now, but she won a thing where she got to go brew in Germany as well. So, Tanya, I, I haven't had any Ben Brewing beers, I don't think. Yeah, no, I haven't had any Ben Brewing beers. You know, I think that Port Brewing, um, you know, I wasn't. We, we've had our, we've had a couple disappointments with well, one or two, but they also have the, the most wow beers, I think, of any brewery. What are you that, thinking for disappointments? I'm just curious. Cause. There was one Port Brewing or Lost Abbey that ranked last in one of our shows. I remember that, and it was just, mm. it just wasn't, it didn't go up to par, and. Uh, and there was at least one that was like not quite as good, but then most of them are like way in the top. Yeah, the the Serpent Stout, I think maybe is the one you're thinking of. We did this the Lost Abbey Serpent Stout, and that one didn't do it for me. And then um, they have one called Witch's Wit, which you didn't have. I had that when I was out in California. Not so much, but like most of the Lost Abbey beers and and Port Brewing beers, yeah. I mean, generally they're top shelf. I mean, they're wonderful. I just and and again. Let me try the Serpent Stout again. Let me try the Witch's Wit again. Um, certainly open to reevaluate. But, Absolutely. But those two are ones, you're right, that, that weren't really... I didn't find anything engaging about them, really. And th- and that's fine. I mean, not everything has to be perfect and awesome. But we really admire Tommy and what he's doing there because he makes some amazing beers. And like I said, I think it's the brewery with the most wow beers. The combination of Port and Lost Abbey together yeah i mean they do some crazy amazing stuff this is good this is really good and mm-hmm. it's it's good and it's wonderful in such a subtle way right because it's not the flavors like the uh, obino python right which had the ginger and the fennel. Yeah. you know this is just malty and just a wonderful so, i mean if you're into malty stuff if you're into um like a double or uh, you know, nice big brown ale, a nut brown ale, or something like that. This would get you a, a Bach. Mm-hmm. The, the really, really big multi stuff. Not not a super hoppy beer. The hops are there though, but this beer is really all about the malts and all about the you know the caramel toffeeish flavor that you're getting out of here, which is fantastic. A little high in the alcohol, six point two percent. So it's not a small beer. Yeah, it's not a big beer either. It's for craft. It's middle of the road, I'd say. It's around an IPA, you know, mm-hmm. size. So our final beer of the night is the Heavy Seas Prost. Prost Imperial Oktoberfest. This, this is, is pro- a Martzen style. That's what I was thinking of way before. You cut this, but that's what I was thinking of. Right. Um, Heavy Seas. Um, okay, so Heavy Seas is Clipper City. I have heard that they are changing their brand to Heavy Seas. And really? Kind of getting rid of Clipper City. But then I've recently heard something not so true. So I'm not sure. I do know that Heavy Seas, most of the beers come in 12 ounce bottles, the Clipper City ones. They have Peg Leg Imperial Stout. They have the Hop 3 Ale. They have Blow Decks. They have um, Holy Sheet. Right? Sheet? Sheet, S H E E T. Sound um, to get approval for that. I don't know. They're all Heavy Seas. Then they got these bombers here. They got this Prost. They have this uh, pumpkin pumpkin uh imperial pumpkin thing but these are the mutiny series right because they're all so you got the skull and crossbones and then this guy's wearing a german oktoberfest hat 
What is the Italy, you ask? Well, there's a rooftop food emporium Italian restaurant with Mario Vitale slash brewery, uh, which has Tio Mosso of uh, Brivico Labaladan, Leonardo da Vincio of Biro del Borgo. Okay, so you don't Sam Plagioni yeah. of Dogfish Head Craft Brewery and Vinny Calurzo. Vinny Calurzo. Uh, Vinny Russian, Russian River Brewery. That's an amazing combination. It's been there. the buzz for the last couple of days uh, on on the interwebs. Sam Calagione, Vinny Trillerzo, these two Italian brewers and um, you know chefs, rooftop brewery <laughs> in Manhattan. People are excited about this thing. The, uh, they, beers will be unpasteurized, unfiltered, naturally carbonated, and hand pulled. Through, so they're going to be all cask. They they want to be. Um, Traditional Italian brewing, which you like Italian brewing? No, they make wine. Well, Italy has an old school brewing history too. Apparently, I don't know much about it, but I I knew that you know beer is in parts of Italy. Beer is you know part of their culture. And I uh, can totally see why Sam would jump on that in a minute. That Sam's that's right up Sam's alley. Yeah, Sam has a lot of pride from his heritage, and uh, I don't want to put words into Vinny's mouth, but I I, I presume Vinny does as well. You don't expect Russian River sour beers from this place. I haven't read anything that you're going to see, yeah. you know, beatification brewed at this thing. But, you know, I think it's going to be Vinny being able to do something else. I mean, this is artisanal Italian brewing they want to do. And they want to, you know, combine it with excellent food. Mario Vitale is, I think, you know, I, I really thought he was the best Iron Chef. And, and he makes some, I mean, Italian food can be just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing if it's made uh, right. And... To go with really, you know, craft crafted Italian beer specifically crafted for the food, or the food specifically crafted for the beer, whichever way is going to work. That's uh, that's awesome. That's a really really cool combination, and you wouldn't expect it any place else but New York, right? I mean, there you go. That's where this kind of thing happens. And if you're going to have to do it, you might as well do it on a rooftop. And if you wanted to bring in, you know, rock stars from craft beer. Those are top, those are like the top two out of you know if you take a group of ten they're in, they're in there you know absolutely so that's, that's crazy. One quick thing here: the Alabama Alabama Senate toasts homemade wine and beer. They have approved legalizing home brewing in Alabama. I mean, it wasn't legal before. No, no. There's a couple states: West Virginia and um, I know it was made legal by Jimmy Carter in the in the late seventies. But, but, but states federally, but yes. states had to do it. That's an interesting aroma on this beer. This one is, I mean, it, it tastes like an Imperial Oktoberfest. There is just... See, it smells like a like potency. a porter or, or almost a, a stout there to me. Uh, it's hopped with three kinds of hops, they don't tell us. Five kinds of malts, they don't tell us. 9% alcohol by volume. 20 IBUs, not particularly bitter. Oktoberfest, Martin style, mm-hmm. but imperialized. Right. I'm smelling it. it. It has a little bit of, of wininess to it, a little bit of alcohol. I mean, it's not hot. It, that's why. So it's, I'm going to call it wininess. But there's a big, bready, uh, toasty, like a bre- white bread crust type aroma on this thing. Huge Vienna malts on it. Huge. Um, yeah, I mean, the more I'm smelling it, you know, once you get past that initial kind of whiny tannicness, it, there's definitely a, a big you know, German malt. Yeah. Whole bunch of Vienna in there. 
flavor's well done. Mm. It, it's a good malty beer. There, There is an alcoholic kick to it, but it's very mellow. It's very rounded. It's subtle. It just kind of... It's more of an alcohol push than a kick. It's kind of like uh, a light Doppelbach, almost. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, that's kind of what you get. It's kind of what it is. But it, it's just, I mean, that, that's in, in terms of the way I can describe the flavor. Because a Doppelbach is big and, and thick and and uh, viscous, generally. And it's got a lot of maltiness to it. This one is a little bit lighter in mouthfeel. Uh, and it has a little bit of an extra bitterness at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to like, why isn't this a Doppelbock? And and just like you said, it has the hops that a harvest beer, that an Oktoberfest has. It has a imperial harvest type character right. to it. Very interesting. This is, is going to be a hard one to rank because there's some very interesting stuff going on. Doing a bunch here. of lagers. How can the show be any good, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just like the fruit beer, right? How can, we, how can we do a good show with the fruit beer? And they were all awesome. Right. Well, let's see. What do you say here? Okay. Uh, you went first last time. So, I think. I think I made you go first last time. <laughs> so, I will take the plunge and go first this time. Well, the, the Hot Rocks has to win because that was a wow beer. That was fantastic. That was just just absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Try this beer if you can get it, if you're in California or wherever they distribute. Uh, I'm going to go with the, the Pros next. I mean, wow. Really? Uh, not a wow beer so much as just wow great? <laughs> I, I was expecting that beer to be sweet and sticky uh-huh. and, and not drinkable at 9% Imperial Oktoberfest. But no, it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to you, Heavy Seas Clipper City. Uh, I am going to go with the Coney Island White Python next. Albino the, Python. Albino Python. The ginger and fennel and orange made a really nice and interesting flavor combination. The Hellas comes uh, next. That's the Rarin Sons. Rarin Sons. It was. It might have been a little bit old. Might have been a little bit old. Mm-hmm. It was still there. Was good flavor in there. A little muddy when it got some yeast in there, but it, it, it's also the only non bomber we had, so it was less beer mm-hmm. for each. Of, so, I mean, these are all like still half full, the rest of these bombers. The Sword Swallower from Coney Island is last for me. It just didn't it didn't do it for me. It I, I get what they were trying to do, uh, it didn't work for me. It's, it's, it's the one beer of the night that I really didn't so much didn't appreciate that much. Putting one in front of the other is tough here. I think the Hot Rocks is going to be number one for me. But number one and number two, there's three beers that are right up at the top. And any of them, depending on which way I shine the light on these beers, could be number one, right? And that's the Hot Rocks, the Heavy Seas Prost, and and the Albino Python. It depends on my mood on which one I'm going to appreciate the most. Well, what kind of mood are you in? I'm in the mood where Port Brewing is number one. Mm-hmm. I'm in a multi-mood tonight. So Heavy Seas Prost is number two. Uh, Bino Python is number three. That's the same as you so far, I believe. I'm going to put the Sword Swallower in front of the Rar and Sons. Because uh, I liked the complex, detailed hop flavors on that. The Rar and Sons, to me, is is in last place. And, and to me, it's true hard luck loser. I think it was, yeah, as you said, I think age took it down a little bit, but we could still appreciate exactly what the beer is supposed to be. Right. It had some stiff competition tonight. 
Another innuendo. Um, that was different. I like yes. that. Different innuendos. Very good. Work on that. Yeah, I'll work on that some more. But it got the job done. It didn't blow its load all over the table. It left us satisfied. And it, it really filled a deep hole that we had. A deep yearning of desire. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to our logger show. And um, we're going to go and At have some... Windows, so. We're going to have some more dick jokes. But until then, keep on keeping on. Drink some good beer. Have a great night, guys. Or day. Morning, perhaps. Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you have questions or comments, you can email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. The opening and closing music is Last Hurrah, the band The Lights Out. You can listen to more of their music at their website, thelightsout.com. Some people get a longer fuse. Some people's shoulders are big enough for the abuse. But they never say what you can't hear. But when they go, they're gone for good. Now it's no use. Consider this your last offense. Consider this your last offense. And last is the the skull. Which was <laughs> sword and swallower. <laughs> you should try skull. <laughs> see if that gets past <laughs> label.